0: Welcome to Love Well on Purpose, a podcast giving you biblical encouragement to love the people around you with intentionality. I'm your host, Rachel Shelb. We only have a few weeks left in the Love Well series, and I hope that you have been loving all of them. If you've missed any of the episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to them and just see where you can find examples of loving well in scripture. It's everywhere today we're going to focus on a short passage that's found in three of the gospels and i hope that it encourages you and spurs you on to lavish love let's get to it today we are going to be talking about mark 14 verses 3 through 9 and the woman who poured perfume on jesus now just to get a few things out of the way and let you know my perspective on this we're going to talk about who exactly this woman was please hear me i am not an expert on this i have done research and looked into different commentators and different theologians who have talked about it and i have come to a conclusion of what i think however if you disagree with me on this point that is totally fine it will not take away from the heart of what we can learn in this passage So I believe that the account that we see here in Mark 14 is the same account, not a different account, that we see in Luke 7 and John 12. And I believe that this woman was Mary of Bethany, who also can be referred to as Mary Magdalene. Some people believe those are different women. I believe that they are the same woman. Um, There's lots of different thoughts on that. Um, Please go and do your own study into that and look into that and come to your own conclusions. But ultimately I don't think it matters um, in the lessons that we can learn from this passage. So I wanted to just let you know that I do believe that these three accounts that we see in scripture, Mark 14, Luke 7, and John 12, I believe that it's the same instance, but that these men were speaking to different audiences. And so it makes sense that they would focus on different parts of it. Another reason I think that they are the same account is that John 12 Um, takes some of the discrepancies that we see in Mark and Luke and marries them together so that we see um, a picture where it makes sense that it could be the same account. I hope that all makes sense. But that being said, I believe that it's all one situation and I believe that there are things that we can learn. Even if you think that these are separate situations or that this is not Mary Magdalene or not Mary of Bethany, um, that's okay. And when I say Mary of Bethany, that would mean that it's Martha and Lazarus's sister. Um, And I think that that alone is pretty telling. John 12 refers to her as Mary of Bethany. And if this is the case, then she has already seen her brother raised from the dead, which makes what we're going to talk about today even more powerful. Okay, that's my disclaimer. That's the start of it. But let's start reading in Mark 14 verses 3 through 9 and see the account for ourselves. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. Verse 8, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Okay, so let's see. First, the perfume itself is significant. This was an alabaster jar. The alabaster itself would have been incredibly expensive, and it's this essence of nard, so it's this pure perfume that would have been incredibly aromatic. It would have been used um, for burial, for preservation, for um, removing terrible smells of the body, all of those type of things, right? And it would have been one of the things that if you were incredibly wealthy, maybe you would have used this perfume as a, as a way to basically say, look at me, here I come. You couldn't have this scent, this, this essence of nard, you could not have it and not be aware that it was around you. And when we see that she has this, she didn't just pour out a little bit. It says that she broke the jar. She held nothing back. And that alone is something that we can be challenged with, is to hold nothing back when we are worshiping the Lord through um, just in worship alone, or whether we are worshiping through our loving well. We have to be careful to not hold things back, but to just lavish worship, lavish love, where. It is due, which is on Jesus Himself, and so when we are um, when we are obedient and, and lavishing this with this worship, um, we are going to pour it out just as she poured this out. Now, in verse four through five, um, we see that uh, the disciples are all like, "What in the world? What is she doing?" They are frustrated. They are annoyed. But while Mark fourteen talks about it being a broad version of the disciples. In John 12, we, we hear that it's Judas who's the one who's verbally um, giving these insults. So he's the one that's saying that this could have been sold for a year's wages. It could have been money given to the poor. And remember, Judas was the treasurer of these disciples. He was the one that, um, that kept all this money, that did all of these things. Um, and he also was the one who was about to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So for him to make this statement um, is really just incredibly ironic and um, just very self-seeking and he's, he's acting very pious, but it's not at all heartfelt. And so while the disciples may have thought this, Judas is the one saying this and they are just scolding her. They are giving her so much ridicule for her act of worship that's happening right there. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? One of the things I love when we see Jesus and we see a situation where there's a woman involved, he always has the defense of women. He always is supporting women women, even as he got on to Martha, if we're talking about Mary and Martha, um, and he, get, he got on to Martha for the fact that she was busy working instead of sitting at the feet of Jesus. He did it with love and compassion. Um, he has a tenderness towards women that I adore. And I think that it's um, just such a beautiful thing that we see. Um, and I I think that it is something that men need to emulate when they are looking at how to behave like Jesus, this is a great example is to come to the defense of women. And so Jesus does this and he goes, Hey, leave her alone. Why are you criticizing her? Then he says, you will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. Okay, well, that seems crazy. No one, like, prepares a body before the body is dead. No one does that ahead of time. But... (laughs) <laughs> Jesus knows what's happening. And I wonder if Mary had a clue of what was going to happen too. She had seen her brother raised from the dead. I wonder if she had a clue as she was listening to Jesus talk, as she had listened to him teach and, and countless times make these um allusions to the fact that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to go back to heaven. Um, I wonder if she had a clue, had some sort of Holy Spirit inkling in her that said, You know, he's not going to stick around for the burial. I just wonder. I don't know. That's pure speculation. Um, But regardless, Jesus is saying, hey, she's done what she could. She's anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And here we are discussing it. And so I think that it's incredible. Um, In verse six, Jesus says, basically, she's done a good thing. She's done a beautiful thing. And then verse eight, she has done what she could. I don't know about you, but for me, this part of verse eight, this first part of verse eight is one of the most encouraging phrases in scripture for my heart. I am an overachiever by nature. I am someone who pushes herself incredibly hard. I have high expectations for myself. um, And I never quite feel like I'm doing enough. I don't feel like I am enough as a mom sometimes, enough as a wife sometimes, enough as a Christian sometimes. Um, And so to see this passage, to see this phrase where Jesus is saying, she has done what she could friend, hear me. If you are giving what you can and doing what you can do, that is enough for Jesus. He does not expect more than what we are capable of doing. He only asks that we be open to obedience and open to worship. And that's exactly what we see here, is she is being obedient and she is worshiping in lavish ways. And so she is lavishing this love on Jesus. I can only imagine these men are around eating. Women would not have been included in this time. Customarily, just the customs of that day, um, women would have come in and served the men, but they wouldn't have been reclining at the table, um, eating alongside um, of these men as they're in there. And so for her to kind of bust in and and be... Um, in here breaking open this jar, pouring it over his head. If you're familiar at all with the the eating customs of that time, they literally reclined um, kind of on top of each other in a sense around the table. The table would have been um, a U type of shape and they would have um, reclined so that one man's head would have been near the lap of the of the person next to him on his left and it would have continued kind of going around that way um and so they would have been so near each other that whenever this happened i'm sure whoever was next to Jesus would have gotten some of that perfume on them not a single person in that room would have escaped without smelling like that essence um, when they left that the room would have been covered in that scent no more would they have smelled any of the food or any of the um, delicious flavors of of that of that room of the food of any of those things instead all you would have smelled would have been this essence of nard um it overpowered everything it was like a natural febreze that just kind of wiped out every other scent and so these these men would have been impacted by this. It was a very startling thing. Um, again, we're we're going off the fact that the account in Luke seven is the same as in um, Mark here, and so, and then as well as in John. And so, what we see is we see um pouring it on his head, pouring it on his feet, weeping, uh, wiping the tears, wiping the perfume with her hair. Um, a very bizarre situation. Um, there's there's no getting around that. This was a, we see this as a beautiful picture, um, of worship, but for those around, it would have been incredibly bizarre. It's not like this was some sort of a custom. This was crazy. Um, there was an intimacy that was here. There was a, um, just a next level of what she was doing with her worship. And so it would have just been jarring to everyone, the scent, the situation. And, um, Sometimes we react in the same way when we see something that is jarring to our senses, we see something that seems way too outlandish, way too extravagant. Um, We have the tendency to kind of want to settle people down, to put them in their place, to scold them, to say, you know, calm down just simmer down. Um, what are you doing? Let's think this through. This is not the time, not the place, right? We have, we have all these things that we have a tendency to do and say, or at least to think in our head, but we see Jesus's response is to leave her alone. Don't criticize her for what she's doing. She's doing what she can. And so I think that the, um, The lesson that we can walk away from this with is that loving well is an act of obedience. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone but Jesus and the one you're lavishing love onto. You know, in this situation, it made no sense to the people around her, but she was compelled to do this act. She was compelled to lavish this love, to hold nothing back, to worship freely and abundantly, lavishly, without any concern of the people around her. And we can do the same thing. We should be people that love well as an act of obedience, not concerned for what other people might think, not concerned about whether it's normal or whether it's weird or any of those things, but instead compelled to an act of obedience by loving well. And knowing that if Jesus has called us to do that action, to take that that action step, then that is what we have to do. And loving well in that way is always going to be deemed wonderful and acceptable to the Lord. And so I hope that encourages you. I hope that encourages you to not second guess when there's a situation and you maybe um, get that feeling like, oh, I should do this. I should help that person. And then you have those thoughts of, oh, but that might be weird or, oh, they don't know me that well or whatever it is that might tend to hold you back. I hope that this account encourages you to worship the Lord through loving well in lavish ways. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of the Love Well and Purpose podcast. If you have been finding this series encouraging, can I ask you to please share it with your friends? Share it on social media, share it just through a text message or a link, and let them know about this series. It would mean the world to me to have other people join us. You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel Shelb. And as always, you can find show notes and more information about me at rachelshelb.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go love well on purpose.